Mental health challenges are often kept in the closet or even swept under the rug. We know they can affect anyone, from adults to children, and the struggle is real. Join us as we talk about relevant topics with mental health experts. Welcome to Equip Online, a place for hope and help. Well, welcome to Equip Online. I'm Brian, and this week my co-host is Wally Smith. Great to be here. Awesome. Great to have you, Wally. So this week we're going to be looking at mental health during the COVID-19 pandemic, which we're still walking through in 2021. Uh, Our guest today is Dr. Paul Looney. Dr. Looney has been a practicing physician and psychiatrist for over 25 years, and most of the time he's been in private practice, but has also worked in the prison system, on a university campus, and as a psychiatrist for the state of Texas. So a few things. That's awesome. He practices psychiatry alongside a number of other Christian mental health providers right here in the Woodlands, Texas. So thanks for joining us today, Dr. Looney. Great to have you here. Thanks, Brian and Wally. I'm really excited to be with you all. Thanks. Awesome. Well, let's jump right in, Dr. Looney. Today, we're looking at the impact of COVID-19 on mental health. And we were pulling up some stats earlier today that showed during this uh, pandemic, we've really seen anywhere from a 25 to 30% increase or so in anxiety and depression or a combination of the two. So I guess the real question that we have to ask is, Dr. Looney, are we moving from a a COVID-19 pandemic to a mental health pandemic? Uh, I think the answer is pretty obvious from just the statistics that you that you read that yes, we are in the midst of a, a mental health pandemic. Um, part of it is due to the the response to COVID uh, threat and the pandemic, but it also has to do with the direction that our world is going with social media, with the polarization of people's political views, um, the identity politics. There are a lot of th- factors. Um, economically as well as socially that are adding to people's angst and their tendency to deal with anxiety and depression at pretty alarming rates. Yeah, there's a, it really is. And that, that's one thing that definitely hit me was not only was it just a, a pandemic like many of us had never seen before, but with it, 2020 brought so many different types of forces all kind of hitting at the same time, like a big mega storm. So sure. Well, yeah. we can look back at the pandemic in, from 1918, the the Spanish flu, and we know the huge impact that it had. At the time, though, you can imagine um, with the spread of information, it was much more difficult for people to have a sense of the global impact Mm -hmm. and the trauma of it. Um, Being connected so well is both a blessing and a curse because people are, if they turn on the television or go on the internet, at any moment they can be regaled with the latest statistics, um, terrible things happening in one country or the other. And I think it's, a, it's really an assault on our system that it's difficult to metabolize all that bad news. And so we, we live in that time when it's um, the best of times and the worst of times in terms of being connected and being aware of what's going on. It, it has its pluses and its drawbacks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does seem to either you're pretty much depressed and mourning some horrific thing every single moment because you're aware of it, or you just become completely desensitized and you just say, I'm just, I don't feel anything anymore because I'm always exposed to a lot of negative things. Yeah. It's, it's very important for us in, in, as scripture encourages us to focus on what is good and Mm -hmm. positive. And, um, that is not what, um, 
sells airtime. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's it's outrage and trauma that gets uh, gets people's attention when it comes to television, news, and face Facebook and other social media. Right, right. We'll get into how do we cope with that in a little bit, but it just brings up as you're talking all the fear not statements of the Bible. Just fear not, fear not, fear not, that that's a natural thing. So we have to begin to work against that ourselves in a way that uh, provides health for ourselves. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a decision we have to make really moment by moment. Where am I going to turn my eyes? Where am I going to focus my attention? And if the world has its ways, it's going to be in a negative place. It's, gonna, it's going to be promoting fear, distraction, depression, mm-hmm. Um, outrage, and we have to make that deliberate decision to turn our eyes to Jesus, to the message of Scripture, to God's promises. Yeah, yeah. We'd love to uh, kind of look uh, kind of a deeper level. One of the unique things about 2020 and now 2021 is a lot of the isolation that that people have, just the cutting off of relationships that were that used to be normal and the ever, you know, just the normal flow of life. I'm just curious from a mental health standpoint, what, what do you see as the impact of being isolated from one another? I think of examples like being alone in a hospital Mm -hmm. to doing school alone, to not being together for special occasions, things like that. How's that impact us? Yeah. Well, as a, as a pastor, I'm sure you've quoted, um, from Genesis, where God says over and over again, it's good, it's good. But the one thing that's not good is for man to be alone. And isolation takes a terrible toll. Um, we know from all the research that um, any given human being in isolation without some positive focus will experience the decline of their thought life. Um, it turns, our, turns out our thoughts are a little bit like water. Um, left unattended, they flow downhill. And so isolation, um, unless you take steps to avoid it, will produce negativity, worry, anxiety, depression, loneliness, you know, all the, all the things that really are the enemies of our sense of peace and well-being. Yeah, well, you, and you see that playing out in, in pretty much any scenario, like, you know, whether it is being alone in a hospital or, or that child that's trying to study alone or that university student that's having to sit and do their engineering class just at their desk and they're not around their students, you see a lot of those negative feelings yeah, that are just kind yeah. of creeping in on it. Well, I, I, you know, my personal opinion is that we've done a really terrible disservice to many s- sectors of the population, particularly young people and older people. Um, isolation is a terrible thing for a child who needs to be able to see the faces of other people to interact, to learn how to um, pick up on other people's moods and when you're masked and isolated, very difficult to do that. And older people who are hospitalized for whatever reason and have nobody um, to be with them um, as they're ailing or as they're dying, terrible, terrible disservice to the human condition. And, and I, I feel like that, that we've taken some steps that have been well-intended and you know uh, very well thought out and other steps that I think have had very unintended negative consequences and isolation is one of the chief ones. You know, that really hits home with me because uh, our daughter-in-law is a nurse and she was faced with a situation recently where she was at the hospital and a patient came in and I guess she was in the ER. She had COVID 
And um, so nobody else was around her except for my daughter-in-law. And she just looked at my daughter-in-law and said, is this it? Mm. Am I going to die? And my daughter-in-law was just so overcome. She said, all that I knew to do was just grab her hand, get down on the knee, on my knees and pray out loud for her. But for my daughter-in-law, I just said, you talked about uh, the isolation of, you know, going through this when you're sick, but also for my daughter-in-law, who's uh, a nurse, I saw that uh, somebody had posted, said, you know, when this first started, y'all cheered us when we were going to the hospital. She brought us food. You brought us coffee. Uh, you, you, you wrote us letters. And now uh, we're not receiving that anymore. It's all the more stress on us just having gone through it for so long and with what patients are asking us. Yeah. And patients are even being um, a little short with us, which is understandably so because of what they're facing. But you know, Dr. Lenny, how is this impacting? Um, I know of those two situations, but as we look at the different groups of people, we have healthcare workers, introverts, extroverts. I'm an extrovert, so it affects me different than my wife, the children, the elderly. You've already talked about this some, but could you elaborate on that? Well, obviously, if you're on the front lines like your daughter-in-law, um, you're faced every day with the magnitude of impact that this illness has had. I'm going to be preaching a funeral next week for a man who had COVID-19 and was seemed, was in the hospital, seemed to be recovering, and then had a multitude of strokes that took him out um, as a consequence of the coagulation that can, can occur with mm-hmm. COVID-19. So people in the hospital are seeing that. We have our next door neighbor is a nurse at Huntsville Memorial, and she said of all the people that have gone to respirators through this whole pandemic, only one has come off alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just, just tremendous impact on seeing this. And of course, when a person's in the hospital and they can't have a family member there to help take care of them, it also taxes the system more because you don't have that person in the room a lot of times who can help to care for the individual. There's a tremendous burden, people being out because they've been exposed or because they have COVID-19. It's really, really hard on healthcare workers. But in addition, um, We've talked a little bit about children and the impact on them. I think uh, for people, you know, I know people who uh, had to pass on athletic competitions that were vital to their um, scholarship potential or um, people who had to miss out on things like the prom and, and just a lot of milestones of maturing from youth to adulthood that have really taken a toll on people's sense of of stability and that the world makes sense and that I can plan for the future. Um, I think that's a, another big thing. But, but f- you know, for all of us, whether you're introvert, extrovert, obviously uh, your wife probably is not as um, hard hit by the, the lack of contact with other people socially as you are as an extrovert, but it, it's going to impact all of us um, in a certain way. And extroverts like you and me, are probably more aware of the impact on people that we know and love because we are more connected with other people. So there's this sense that all of us are um, in this together. And, you know, what I would wish is that the pandemic would help unite our world um, in a sense that we have a common enemy. Sadly, though, our media and political machine doesn't really promote unity these days. So we're, in, in my view, we're missing a bit of an opportunity. I do think uh, for many churches like yours, being able to connect with people online has sort of created a, a broader scope 
for you to reach people. So there is a sense in which we get a little more connected at a time when, when uh, our face-to-face interactions are limited. So God is still working to bring good out of this evil, but, it, but it's, it's vital that we do our best to stay connected by phone, by, by internet, and when possible, face-to-face. Yeah, it's good. That is good. I, I think even for, you know, some of us, you know, maybe it is that extrovert versus introvert, we're good about, we kind of pursue those interactions with people and we kind of plan those get-togethers and we do it, but sometimes the more reserved or introverted, we don't do that. If it's up to us, we would rather just kind of retreat into our own little, you know, room and, and just have our own me time. But we it's those experiences that we're forced to have to get mm. out there. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's that introverted student that maybe was a little nervous about social settings, but because they were forced to go to school and be around people, they found that, Oh, actually I was accepted Ooh. today. All my fears yeah. weren't true. And now I feel built up and encouraged. Oh, yeah. And, you know, great they needed point. that little push. Yeah. That they're not getting right now. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. point, Brian. Um, and so you kind of were mentioning this a little bit, even from a church context, that maybe there's some new ways we can actually reach people. We've learned new technologies and things. From your perspective, Dr. Looney, have you seen, is there any, is there any silver lining to this past year and a half or so now? Is there, are there any positives for us to see through this pandemic and into 2021? Sure. Well, if we take Paul's words to heart in Romans 8:28, we know God is always at work in everything to bring about good. If we love him and are called according to his purpose, his purpose, I think, is articulated in the next verse, which says that those he called, he predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And suffering is one of the things that does purify our hearts. It, it causes us to press in to our faith and our relationship with God as well as other people. And so, yes, every one of us, if we're looking to God, we'll find ways to redeem this time, which has been so horrific on many fronts that we have a faithful God who's, who's totally committed to using whatever we encounter to forge in us some deeper sense of character and commitment to him. So yeah, it's, I mean, every person's silver lining is going to be slightly different. Um, but if we dig in, if we use this crisis or this suffering as an opportunity to uh, press in to God. Um, it was when Jacob was threatened with um, facing his brother, who was, he was convinced was going to kill him. And a lot of us are fearing for our lives right now. It was in that moment of stress that Jacob reached out to God and wrestled with him in a way that brought a, a tremendous blessing to him. And that's really what we all can look forward to if we are willing to hang in there and to cry out to God, um, he will show himself faithful. But it, like I say, I think it, it looks different for different people. Um, for me, um, there's been a reminder and a resurgence of my commitment to be more present, to be more focused. I recently had COVID-19 and had a couple of weeks when I was just like knocked on the ground, could barely move. I was, had no energy and no stamina. And it really brought me that place of powerlessness where um, I was grateful for getting out of bed and washing my hands or, you know, showering. And it gave me that sense that um, I could once again find um, presence in the little things, brushing my teeth or having a conversation. And, and for all of us, 
um, the threat of death or destruction, really, again, it brings us onto our knees of our own sense of lack of control and powerlessness, but also our sense of, of reliance on a powerful and faithful God. So that's amazing. And just listening to the way that you describe that makes me think of my next question a little bit differently than I had before. So, you know, I know that uh, when my son was playing baseball, that he was always fearful of being hit by a pitch until he got hit by a pitch. And after that, he was able to dig in Mm -hmm. uh, and he was able to um, perform better. Um, even a uh, professional baseball player gave him a hat and had signed the scripture. I think Brian, it's first Timothy one, seven. Is that right? That God has given, not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mm. mind. Yeah. And so I really think about that. And I think about that passage in total opposition to John ten ten that God has come to give us life and give it abundantly. And so the way I want to phrase my question is this, that um, all these forces are pressing in on us to place us naturally in a place of fear. So we come in a place uh, to almost a fork in the road where we can choose to go down that path of fear, as you said, go downhill, or we can choose to move over into life, which God has promised us. So what are there some helpful um, things that you could bring to the table, shed light on in that, that you might do with your clientele or even Uh, present with us here today on this podcast. Of course. So fear is an interesting phenomenon. We are all subject to it. As you said, the Bible says often fear not. Um, But the key to overcoming fear is not avoidance, but rather confrontation. That it is walking through our fear that through which we find freedom, like your son with the the baseball pitch. One of the pivotal stories, if not the pivotal story of the Old Testament is Abraham trudging up Mount Moriah with his son in tow, ready to put him on the altar. And if there was anything that Abraham and Sarah feared, it was something happening to their child of promise. My conviction is that God will not have us live in fear, and he will have us face our fears rather than avoid them. And for me, that's, that was the call of Abraham. Like, you have got to pass through this fire rather than living in fear of it. And so if I'm dealing with someone who fears flying on an airplane, for instance, the only way to really overcome that fear is to get on the plane. You cannot overcome fear by avoiding the things that trigger it. People have panic attacks. If they have a panic attack going over a bridge, they start avoiding bridges. They'll have another panic attack in the supermarket or at church. And our lives become more and more restricted. If we're going to have the abundant life that Jesus promises, we have to we have to walk through our fears. Um, in Psalm 23, David, who had his own share of panic and anxiety and depression and highs, um, he says, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. So he, when he sees himself heading down to the valley of darkness, rather than backing up and like, ooh, you know, like, I don't want to go there. Um, he's like, no, I'm not going to be afraid because you're with me. Um, the, the key to getting through that valley is just putting one foot in front of the other, and eventually you will get to the other side. Um, fear, panic, anger, all of our emotions will crescendo, but then they'll come back down if we keep moving. But the enemy's strategy is to keep us um, in fear, keep us stuck, help it. He wants us to back away 
rather than approaching those things um, as God asked Abraham to with, with Isaac. God's desire is for us to live without fear. But the only, again, the only way to do that is letting the ball hit you, not deliberately, but mm-hmm. you, know, you realize, oh, I did that. I'm still here. I'm okay. And that's where we begin to develop confidence that you know, God, is, God is with us and we don't have to be waking every morning with a dread of what the day may bring. Mm, that's so that's good. good. Yeah, that is good. Kind of, you know, a follow-up question to that, Dr. Looney is, we were actually with our- You can call me Paul. Yeah, Paul <laughs> I was going to let you give me permission. But, <laughs> all right, man, we're getting somewhere. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul, uh, our team that, that helps out with Equip, one, we were having a conversation, you know, about this topic and, you know, we were saying- from a physical sense, a lot of people, I know for me, I have like, I feel like I've got like 55 different bottles of vitamins and supplements and all this kind of stuff right now to try to make sure I've got my vitamin D and I've got zinc and I've got all these different things just to try to get myself physically, my immune system in the best yeah. place I can, which, which is great. And we were thinking, you know, is, is there sort of an equivalent to that? You know, it's, it's kind of like a lot of us, I think we're, it seems like barely, barely managing our emotional health before this pandemic hit before 2020 hit. I mean, we were just kind of getting by and then this thing and it just, just pushed us right over the edge. Yeah. So I would love just to, for you to just kind of share, are there some practical tips that we can apply? Maybe it's in the area of, of self care to just get us kind of like our mental health immune system in a, in a much healthier place, just things we can proactively put into practice. Yeah, absolutely. That. Yeah, for sure. So um, I do have a website called helpforyou.us and there are some documents on there. One of them is um, entitled bless your brain and it has to do with the very thing you're talking about. What are the strategies that are time tested and research based that hearten our, uh, our souls and help us to live that um, life of joy and peace that we long for. So um, a few of them, and and if you want to download that document, certainly can, but um, getting moving. Exercise is one of the most powerful things you can do to deal with anxiety, depression. It's it's preventive to dementia. I mean, they're just, the benefits of exercise are huge. Um, And we live at a time when many of us have jobs that don't require a lot of movement. So we got to get ourselves moving. Um, I do think Diet and, and sleep are also really important in maintaining our spiritual health and our mental health. And we need to put good things in and make sure that we allow time for rest. It's very rejuvenating. Um, I am a believer in supplements, not just for your immune system, but also for your brain. Um, we know that people who struggle with depression benefit by fish oil. It has the omega-3 fatty acids, which are uh, their... Uh, anti-inflammatory. And we believe that part of the uh, pathology of depression is an inflammation, inflammation in the brain. So by uh, fish oil, uh, the B vitamins are awesome in helping with alertness, concentration, mood, they decrease anxiety. So can't get too much of the B vitamins. The Bs are the bomb. Um, D, as you mentioned, is really important. Zinc, um, when it comes to coronaviruses like COVID-19, Vitamin C and zinc are really important as well as the D3. Um, I'm also a fan of melatonin. There's some evidence that melatonin helps to prevent or treat COVID-19. 
And if you do get sick, I'm, you know, mentally or with the COVID-19, uh, early intervention, I think, is really important. So um, in addition to those things, one of, another thing that I'm a huge fan of um, is journaling. When you journal your prayers, journal um, what's going on in your life, your ability to navigate that is way better. Um, it turns out that about 20% of people who have COVID-19 within three months will have some serious psychiatric conditions. There, it's something we're just now becoming aware of, but um, some are developing post-traumatic stress disorder. Some are developing high problems with, uh, huge problems with anxiety and depression. Journaling is one of those things that helps us to process what happens in our lives, the autobiographical data that, that we store in the right hemisphere, along with our negative emotions. When you talk, um, share your problems, confess your sins, whatever, or write them down, you're moving that information from over here where the trauma is over to the left side of your brain where language is and where you're able to think about things from a more positive point of view and take steps to get better. So journaling is awesome. Unfortunately, people who resist it the most like going to the gym or people who probably need it the most. So um, yeah, so good luck with helping getting people to do it. But <laughs> once they do it, like getting going at the gym, people begin to feel the benefit and will often keep doing it. Um, being connected with a community of faith is hugely important in establishing mental health. Um, being able to take rest and relaxation she, from the very beginning, God says, work is good, but you get six days to do it. You got to give me the seventh. You need to rest. You need to have that, that rhythm of doing and being to stay healthy. Volunteering is a huge thing to maintain mental health. Happiest people on the planet are people who give of themselves. And so if, you, if any of you listening are not volunteering in some way, um, either online or in person, preferably, um, you owe it to yourself to give. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Um, in addition to those things, um, having a sense of purpose, having a sense of value, having healthy interpersonal relationships, um, being involved in a small group um, or a support group of some kind, feeling that there are people who know you and love you inside and out is so helpful for having a healthy soul. Um, I'm a big fan of counseling or coaching. You don't have anybody on the sidelines to give you um, feedback. You're not going to be the best um, warrior, um, the best servant, the best partner, son, daughter, husband, wife, mother, father. Um, as if you have somebody on the sideline who's giving you a little bit of feedback that you can um, that you can accept and uh, incorporate into your life. Um, those are a few of the things that come to mind for me. But there, there are so many things that we know will help. Um, meditation is another one that, that in recent years um, has gained a lot of positive um, play in terms of research. And if you don't understand about the value of just getting into your, uh, focusing on your breathing or your body, um, you're missing out on something that really does help us to calm our brains and to keep from being driven by that endless chatter in our heads so that we can stay more focused on the things that really matter and the things that God wants us to focus on. So there, there are a few more, but those are the, those are on my, my list. Yeah. That's so good. You ever feel like somebody has been kind of following you around and taking <laughs> notes? 
That's the way I feel right now. So we we just finished a a season of what we call radical mentoring, a men's group. Oh, yay. And so a couple of things came out of that. And for me, it goes back to something you said earlier, uh, be present. Mm. Um, You know, that's really what I want to focus on in 2021 Mm. is being present, being Mm. in this moment, not worrying about what's next. And so that really spoke to me. And um, I have started many a times journaling throughout uh, my life. And never stuck with it. And that was the, one of the second things that came out of this for me. So I'm going, okay. I love you, Wally. Paul, Paul <laughs> you, I don't know how he knew this, but he's been speaking to me today. So I'm sure it's others out there as well. How about yeah, you, Brian? Yeah, that's awesome. No, I mean, I a couple things too. Uh, I've never understood why I know journaling is something I've done for a long time. I've got a probably... 30, 40 journals at home of all different types. And I've probably got 30 or 40 journals that each have one page in yeah. it. I start a new one. Um, so it's been a discipline for a while, but it's, it's neat to hear your perspective on, and you know, why, why it's important, you know, and, and, you know, I think I've felt the same way. It, there's something about, I've got all these thoughts swirling around, but when I actually write something down, yeah. there's just this beautiful kind of focus in that sure. moment. I'm yeah, able to kind of, yeah, ah. as an old guy, if I hold this page too close to my face, it's really blurry. Yeah. If I pull it out here, it becomes clear and I can see more clearly. And so yeah. whenever you, whenever you get it, even just figuring out like what word really reflects my mood today? Am I frustrated? Am I anxious? Am I angry? Am I furious? Am I enraged? You know, just like even just paying attention to your soul. In the Psalms, which yeah. is David's journaling, mm-hmm. um, he often refers, he refers to his, my precious soul. And when you take time to listen to what's going on here and to get it out, then it stills those voices so you can there, then hear from God. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to put the kids to bed. You got to, you know, you got to, uh, if you're going to have intimacy with God, you need to first know, your, know what's happening inside you and quiet those voices so you can hear that still small voice of God and yeah. journaling helps with that. Yeah. I love that. You know, I've been challenged a lot by a friend lately, just about the idea of, of being still and, and even for me, just the idea of waiting on God, mm. you know, just that, that simple Psalm forty six ten: be still mm. and know that I'm God. Mm. There's something in that moment. That's just, as you breathe, as you sit there, as you just, you're reminded that, you know, it's, this isn't all on my shoulders that mm. I can kind of release yeah. this to yeah. someone much bigger, much more good than me, much more loving than me that has this is a very freeing thing to kind totally. of do that discipline. So yeah. that's a big one. I love what you said too about community. You know, we found that we actually started an online Zoom group, uh, like a small group back in, right when everything was happening, right when we were all cut off, right yeah. when we were in the middle of the quarantining. And that group is still together and they're finding that even through Zoom, even if they have different reasons why they can't physically gather, there's connection that is, is happening. They're getting to know each other. They're building friendships. Yeah. They're getting to kind of share some of the challenges and struggles they have. And it's been huge for so that group. Great. Yeah. And so, you know, so you don't, I think there's a message of hope in that too, that even if you're not able to get out a lot right now, technology does offer us ability still to to have some basic connections, yeah. which is better than nothing yeah. for sure. Technology is terrific and yeah. terrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is a blessing and a curse. For Brian, sure. how would they real quick, I know we're getting into our time, but how would they find out about that uh, place where they can get in a Zoom group online here? 
Yeah, uh, so we'll we'll definitely uh, have this in the uh, the the podcast website, but also uh, our our church ghostonebridge dot com. Uh, we've got a small groups page as well with uh, Zoom groups that people can join, virtual groups. Yeah. Uh, so that would be a great thing if if you're looking for that. So, well, this has been such a good conversation, and it's such an, an honor, Paul, for you to join us. And uh, it's been a little while since uh, we got to go to re- retreat with you many, many years ago, yeah. but it's great to be reunited with you. And indeed, um, so much to think about in this conversation. And and Paul, I was gonna just say if people wanted to learn more or they wanted to connect with you, uh, what's the best way to do that? Sure, um, I would would be happy if somebody wants to email me. It's paullooney at gmail.com. Just P-A-U-L-L-O-O-N-E-Y at gmail.com. Um, as I said, I have a website, helpforyou.us. Um, if you want to friend or follow me on Facebook, I do videos um, from time to time on there and I have a YouTube uh, channel as well. So awesome. um, all of those are ways to keep up with me or to reach out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks. And we just want to, you know, Quip Online is a partnership between Stonebridge Church and Mosaics of Mercy. Mosaics of Mercy is a great nonprofit here in our area, and their, their heart is to really be a, a, a digital resource hub of counselors, of support groups. They're a wonderful resource for many, many different uh, opportunities for mental health and to learn and to get connected and supported. So grateful for that partnership. And uh, as always, we just want to say thank you for joining us. Our desire is that you would walk in the fullness of life that you've been created for. God bless. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. We are really passionate about mental health. If you found this episode helpful or beneficial in any way, we would love for you to hit that like button, subscribe to our channel, and ding the notification bell so that you never miss another episode. You can also subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. See you next time.